And as we look at the book of Proverbs this morning, we are transitioning. The last couple of weeks we've looked at the 40 sayings of the wise, and we've thought about some of those sayings on family and family relationships, uh, how to build a house, how to interact as parents and children. And this week we're transitioning more to the Proverbs on personal character. And so these still come from the 40 sayings of the wise. They're in chapters 22 through 24. Uh, but we will look and think about some personal character from these Proverbs. And so if you have a Bible, you can open up to Proverbs chapter 23. We'll start in 23. And all of these Proverbs this morning have to do with how we think or don't think about evildoers. So you'll see that theme here. So Proverbs chapter 23, starting in verse 17. 23, verse 17 and 18. The word of the Lord says this. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future and your hope will be will not be cut off. And so in this proverb we we read about how to think about sinners, how to how we're not supposed to envy them. Proverbs 23. And sometimes well the proverbs wouldn't write it if we didn't need that reminder. Don't envy sinners. Uh Solomon and the Proverbs writers know that we need that reminder. We need to remember that it may look like other people have it great, like they have it made, like they're not following God, but they have an easier life. They have better stuff, better uh, positions of influence. Uh, they seem like everything's going right for them. And they have what we want and what we need. But the Bible tells us, don't be envious of them. That's not the full picture, right? And specifically, that's not the full picture because this proverb reminds us that we need to be thinking about, not just right now, we need to be thinking about the future. We need to be thinking about hope and the hope that we have as Christians. And so we see that here in verse 18. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. And it's just good to remember, I'm not going to read all the references to these because there's a lot, but if you want a copy, I can make a copy of the sheet for you later. But the Bible says a lot about hope and our hope as Christians. The Bible says that we have ultimate hope. We have the the hope of being saved, the hope of salvation. We have the hope of resurrection and a redeemed body. Not only will our physical existence change, but sin will be eliminated from our character. Uh, we have the hope of eternal life. We have the hope that Jesus is coming back and we will get to partake in all the goodness of God when he shows up. We have the hope of glory. We get to partake in the glory of God in a relationship with God. 
And so we have this hope for what's coming in the future all because of Christ and because we have Christ right now, right? He's the object of our hope, but he's also the reminder that this is going to happen. Uh, Colossians says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The fact that Christ is in us means that we have this hope of glory in the future. And so that's our reality. Our hope revolves around Jesus and flows out of Jesus. And that hope gives us confidence right now in our lives. It gives us assurance of what's going to happen. It gives us boldness. The book of Hebrews talks about that. And it gives us encouragement. Because we have hope for the future, we are strengthened right now to hold on, to keep going. That it's it's not always going to be like this. Things are going to change. There is a glorious future waiting. And so that hope changes us right now. And we're even reminded in this proverb that that hope didn't start with us. People have had this hope for thousands of years. Uh, the people of God in the Old Testament had this hope. They were looking forward to the Messiah and had this same hope. And we read about that hope here in this proverb, that they had hope of a future. And that affected how they were supposed to live. And so we're reminded that there is a future, right? And so that should shape how we think about the world. We don't just look at this world and think about what it is based off of what it is right now. We think about what it is going to be. And that affects how we, how we live, how we think about the world. It reminds us that if we remember the glorious future we have, the hope we have, then that's going to change our character, our hearts right now. If we remember that Christ is our life and that we will have this glorious, glorious life that is brought to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ, then we won't think that sinners have a great life right now, right? We're going to be less inclined to look around at sinners and think their life is all that great when we remember how much better our life is going to be in the future. That's kind of what this proverb is telling us. It's telling us, well, when you think about the future and what's going to happen, not just to you, but to, to those people, right? It takes a lot of the shine off of what they have. It, it kind of undercuts the envy you might feel when you remember that things aren't going to work out great for them, for anyone who's an enemy of the Lord. But for those who are part of the kingdom, there is this future, there is this hope. And so it reminds us not to get sidetracked. It changes our desires, right? And so that's a great principle to remember, right? That setting our mind on things above, setting our mind on the future is what we need to change our hearts and our attitudes right now in the world around us. Uh, this is a slight tangent, but I'll say it anyways. Uh, you know, you may have heard the phrase, too heavenly-minded to be of any earthly good. That's, you know, there's a phrase like that. I don't like that phrase. You can probably guess why. Uh, I think usually we're not heavenly-minded enough to be of any earthly good uh, because the more heavenly-minded we are, the more 
we will be doing what's right now, the more we'll be focused on the things we need to be doing, right? Uh, and I know what people mean when they say that phrase, right? Um, obviously, they're getting at something that's not quite right in, in people they're observing, but, but we need to be more heavenly minded, more focused on things of the future and things to come. And so we see this exhortation. Don't envy sinners. We see basically the same thing if you go down to chapter 24, verses 1 and 2, it says the exact same thing. Proverbs 24, 1 and 2. Don't, uh, be not envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them, for their hearts devise violence, and their lips talk of trouble. And so we get this same exhortation, don't envy them. And then it adds, don't desire to be with them. Right? Don't, uh, don't want to be like them. Don't be a part of their group. It's kind of like what Proverbs, or not Proverbs, Psalm chapter 1 reminds us, right? To not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, right? That idea of you're, you're not just being like them, but you're hanging around them. You're kind of part of their group. That's not what the blessed life the blessed man is like. And so we read that here in this Proverbs as well. But the reasoning is different, right? The last proverb said, think about the future. That's going to make you less envious of these people. This proverb is telling us, just think about right now, right? Their hearts devise violence, their lips talk of trouble. Uh, is that the kind of life you want? And is that the kind of person you want to be around? Do you want to be around someone who's always thinking up ways to hurt people and get back at people or talking about stirring up trouble or just negative interactions in general, right? Is that, is that the kind of person you want to be around, desire to be with? And the Proverbs is telling us not only does wisdom tell us to think about the future, but think about right now. The good life, that's not what the good life looks like. And so don't be envious of evil men. Don't desire to be with them. And so if we're uh, remembering this advice, the Proverbs is telling us, how do we interact? How do we think about other people, right? We should not envy them, not envy sinners, but then we get another piece of advice in Proverbs. If you look down at verse 19 and 20 in chapter 24, this is kind of the opposite end of the equation. Uh, chapter 24, verses 19 and 20 says, fret not yourself because of evildoers and be not envious of the wicked. For the evil man has no future, the lamp of the wicked will be put out. And so it tells us again, don't envy them, but it also tells us don't fret because of them, right? And sometimes, you know, it can be real easy to not want to be like evil people, to not want to do what they do, but it can be hard to not fret because of them. We think about what might happen, right? What might happen if a certain person well, let's just be, let's just use an example from this year. What's going to happen if someone gets elected, 
who's not lining up with what God says. Uh, which, by the way, is probably going to happen regardless of who gets elected, <laughs> as far as the character of God, right? But what's going to happen? And we think about, you know, people who don't line up with God. What's going to happen if they are in control, right? We start to get anxious sometimes and fret because of those things. And you could extend this, right? Because the Bible, the Bible tells us, really, you're not thinking big enough, right? You don't just think about people. You can think about Satan. Because Satan really is in control. He really is the evil one who is prowling about, right? And so you really could fret and start to get anxious and start to get worried because of him. But even in this proverb, we're reminded not just with people, but I think this principle is the same. Whether it's evil people or whether it's Satan himself who may keep buffeting us or doing evil to us, don't get into this spiral of worry or fret or anxiousness because this proverb says that is temporary, right? So again, it points us out to the future, right? The evil man, verse 20, has no future. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. Why should you not fret because of the evildoer? It's because they're not going to last forever. They may last for a long time, but they're not going to last forever. Things will change. And that's why we're told don't fret, right? We remember that, yeah, they really can make life hard. And so our fears may be justified in some sense. We read in the Bible about the martyrs crying out to God, how long? How long are you going to let this continue? But God reminds us here, this is not eternal. And God reminds us throughout the Bible. They're not going to be in control. His kingdom will come. He will reign. He will change things. And Christians will outlast all those people. We have a future. And this is the great thing. You probably may have picked up on this as well. We have a future. There is a future. You remember that from the other proverb? This says, for the evil man has no future. Man, that's a great contrast. That's uh, that's just an amazing point that almost preaches itself, right? But the point is, we have something that is coming, but they do not. And so they're not going to last. We, they're evil and evil people will not be a part of the kingdom of God, which does a couple of things. It, it gives us hope for endurance. It should also lead us to preach the gospel. <laughs> but it gives us hope for the future that we shouldn't fret because God is going to change things. And again, if you just get real practical, we don't know exactly how long that is. But if you just take it in your individual life and you just look at the average life expectancy, you know, it's not going to be that long before God changes things for our individual lives. He takes us home to be with him in glory, right? What are we looking at? I mean, in my life, I won't put it in your shoes. You can do the math yourself. But in my life, you know, maybe 50 years, 60, if God tarries, I would be in my 90s in 60 years, right? That's, even that is not really that long in the course of history. And so God calls us to endure and to remember uh, this isn't going to last forever. There's something coming. There is a future coming. 
remember that future. Because that changes how we live now. It reminds us not to envy other people. It also reminds us not to fret because of other people. And not uh, get wrapped up, ultimately, not get wrapped up in what's going on in this world, but get wrapped up with what is to come in the kingdom of God. And uh, I was actually thinking about that some last week when I was uh, not feeling as good. And, you know, sometimes you just, when you're not feeling good, you just are kind of waiting for the day to be over. (laughs) You know, you're going to get better, but you just have to kind of make it through the day. And sometimes that's what the Christian life is, right? It's not enjoyable all the time, especially when we face uh, opposition or persecution or martyrdom like we see in the Bible. But we know that things will change, right? That this is, uh, this is a momentary affliction that has nothing to compare with the eternal weight of glory that is coming. And so the Proverbs remind us of that. As we think about how should we think, what should our attitudes be with the people around us, with people who are sinners? Don't envy them. Don't fret because of them. Because... We're thinking not just about the here and now. We're thinking about the eternal kingdom of God that's coming and how he will change everything. And so that's that's some wisdom from the Proverbs in these 40 wise sayings. And we'll continue to think more about uh, some personal character in the coming weeks as well. Any uh, questions, comments, thoughts as we wrap up this morning? Well, let's pray, and then we will continue on. Father God, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful for this morning that you continue to remind us of the hope that we have. I pray that you will remind us of our hope today, that we will remember all the spiritual blessings that you have given us in Christ, and that we will be focused on those blessings and that goodness And Lord, that it will change our attitudes about life right now. That we won't fret or worry or get anxious because of what this person or that person might do. That we won't envy other people who seem to have all the things go right for them. But that we will trust in you and remember what our birthright is, what our inheritance is as Christians and what is coming for us. And Lord, I pray that you'll encourage us with that and that you'll continue to change our hearts, change our attitudes with that thought. Lord, we pray for this morning that you will bless this time of fellowship, bless this food, that we would have strength and health to serve you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.